Every week, we chat to ex-players, supporters, and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Hello again, Sam. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thanks, honey. You're very well. Good, How are you? good. Yeah, very good. Thank you. I'd like to do a, a nice long feature for your benefit on cricket because that's your focus now. Yeah. Um, so touching on what you're trying to achieve at Whitstable, because the boys the other night down at the club were telling me that you've got a pretty much hands-on approach there now, other than just being captain. Is that right? Yeah, it's very, yeah. I'm on committee. I'm very hands-on now, mate. Yeah. Good. Okay. That's good news. That's what, Forget, I, that's what I wanted to establish. I understand now that your uh, your passion in life again is is cricket, which is great because you had a fantastic football career. But let's start off with a football career, and we'll probably touch on cricket on the way through, and then focus more on that towards the end of the chat. I want to throw some names at you, and this is a list of names. It's the lineup from the Kent Senior Cup, Whitstable versus Sittingbourne, two thousand and seven. And this will make you smile. There's a few names here to get you going. Right, obviously in goal, Kevin Fuel, Gary Sayer, Danny Tipple, Rob Thomas, Stephen Lloyd, Alex Hossick, Tommy Martin, Marcus Perona, captain, Steve Marshall, John Neal, Sam Denley. Subs from Danny Lawrence, Michael Adcock, Jake Guest, Tom Parker and Bertie Braidwood. Now that got you smiling straight away, didn't it? Side, yeah, very good side. I'm glad Tom was on the bench. He definitely should have been on the bench. Oh, yeah, there was. And interestingly enough, now as we chat, I need you to correct me because I haven't got a biography of you sat in front of me with all your stats and everything. I just want no. to chat with you. We're, we're just chatting. So if I yeah. come up you and say to you, so and so and so, say, say no, Tone, that wasn't right. So let me take you back. Early days, you can tell me about when you very first started football in the moment, but your early days at Whitstable, and then you finished at Whitstable, you had that horrible injury, recurring injury to your knee, didn't you? Yeah. And that um, effect, that effectively finished your playing career. Yeah, it was. I, I was at the time I actually hung up properly on a Saturday, I was, I was having problems with my knee, and I kept in um, niggling injuries elsewhere as well, my ankle. But I don't remember, I got my ankle badly and again twice, and just kept coming back and kept getting injured. And I think it was my body telling me that enough was enough. You know, I was lucky enough to play as long as I did after the injury I got when I was 18. Didn't think I'd ever play again. So I think I was about 27 when I finally called it a day, which is obviously very young. But I was lucky enough. I look at it, I was lucky enough to have those 10 maybe years of playing. I didn't think I'd get them. So. Oh, absolutely. And you just touched on having an injury at 18. And ironically enough, your brother also had an injury at 18 playing for which we broke his arm. He did, actually. I, I forgot about that. He, when I'd done my uh, knee... And for Herne Bay, he done his arm at a similar time, I think. There's a picture somewhere of me, my, me, my brother, my nan, broken arm. And there's a picture lurking around somewhere of us three in, in my mum and dad's front room. Me with my knee brace on, my brother with his arm in a arse and my nan as well. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's all those sort of things that you forget as time goes by, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, well, it's a long time ago now. You know, like I say, you need, need, need the odd reminder to, to memory go. But yeah, no, good, good, well, that, I wouldn't say good memories of that. But yeah, think, looking back... Was it, did Joe do his, his arm playing for Whistle then, did he? Yeah, said? yeah. Whistle, Whistle did under 18s. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. So, yeah, that would, um, all three of us were injured at the same time. There yeah, and ironically enough, um, you obviously, it was a, an injury that hampered you throughout your career. And uh, 
ultimately uh, retired early, as you say, at 27. But with your brother, possibly that was the uh, impetus to put him more towards cricket. Who knows? Yeah, potentially. I think uh, uh, he'd have been 17, 18 then. He was probably getting close to making a decision. His cricket was obviously going well. He was a good footballer as well, Joe. He was at Charlton as a youth. But yeah, he had to make a decision and maybe that helped him. But yeah, he was in the academy and stuff. And I think around that time is when he would be making a decision to focus on his cricket. It, it turned out to be the right one, I'd say. All right, I'm going to test your memory now. Can you tell me the last time all three of you, that's your dad, Nick, your brother, Joe, and yourself, played together cricket? You asked that? No, I, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like an answer if you can remember. It was a good while ago, I bet you. It was a long time ago. Again, I keep going back to you. You know, remember, there's a photo of us three at the Belmont. My dad in the middle, me and, me and Joe next to my dad playing in the same team. Oh, I don't know what year it was. I, I was sulking at the time. I think my dad had a go at me. You could tell by my face, but um, for some reason. But yeah, that, over 15 years ago. Yes, must be, must be. Uh, and now then moving, uh, moving on to present day, obviously you've got a family, um, wife Natalie... Yeah, so as I was saying, you, you, your wife, Natalie, um, she's been a great supporter of you throughout your career because without her backing you up, you know, looking after the kids when you're training, working, everything else, you wouldn't have been able to have a career as long as you had. No, uh, and I think there would be a lot of lads that say the same. Uh, you have to have a very understanding wife, to be fair, because obviously I spend a lot of my time. If you're going to do it properly, if you're playing, if you're, if you're managing captain in the creek club you know it takes up a lot of your time if you're going to do it properly training you know you're on committee meetings you're speaking to players all the time yes yeah, full on mate you know I spent nights a week minimum all day Saturday most of Sunday sometimes so yeah she's been been amazing you know but same with my boys my, my boys sorry Jade is doing the same you know she's supportive of him and you know if you want to get on and do things right then yeah it takes up an awful lot of your time and like I say you have to have an understanding wife which I've had so yeah I'll thank her for that when I'm old and not yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I recently um, had a chat with your boy because he was away at one of our games uh, with his uncle. Um, yeah. I think it was the one where he dislocated his shoulder. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that. I, I'm, I'm really taken with your young lad. He's a, he's a sensible boy, isn't he? He's, he's very calm when he talks. He's yeah, got, he's... He's, he's got his mother's genes, I think, in that regard. He's not, <laughs> yeah, he's not high-head like me. He's, um, <clears throat> he's a nice, yeah, polite... Sensible lad, yeah, yeah. Um, and he loves he loves his football cricket mad, so which is great. I mean, you know, haven't pushed him into it, but he's come everywhere of me cricket football over the years, and he loves it himself, which is and it's good to see. Yeah, but he's a lovely lad, yeah. So is um, he with the um, juniors as far as cricket's concerned now? He's with the juniors, mate. Yeah, he um, he's in the Kent setup. He obviously plays for Whitstable and um, and he's doing well there. But and he's playing for Whitstable twos, and he's. Doing really well. He's not a million miles away from the first team, and he's um, he's with Kent under 14s. Wow! So he's playing all the age, playing the age groups there, and he's, he's they've had two games this week, and he's um, he's doing well, mate. Yeah, he's progressing nicely, and we'll see. But he loves it. That's the main thing. Well, he's actually he's following in his father's footsteps and his brother's footsteps. Now, a little nugget that I never knew about you was that you went to Australia with Kent. Yeah, I did. Yeah, when I was 17. Oh, funny enough, I come back and. I'm back and done my knee a few months later. But yeah, when I was 17, very young, when I played, I played for South Perth. I was obviously with the Kent set up like Joe. And I wanted to, to make it and get into the professional arena, if you like. And yeah, went to Kent, uh, went to Australia, 17 years of age, very young. Played for South Perth in Suburban A. Amazing time, yeah. I was there for about four months. I come home early in the end. Um, a little bit homesick. I was a little bit green at the time, a bit young. 
great experience, mate. Yeah, loved it. Amazing. Yeah, that was uh, that must have been a catalyst for you as far as sports concerned. And it always, when I found that out, I was always on the back of my mind. What happened that then turned you towards football and not focusing so much on cricket? Do you know what? It's, it's a good question. I mean, football was always my passion. If I'm being honest, when I was out in Australia and playing, I, I really missed football. I was playing for the under teams at the time. That um, Pete Budge was manager. Obviously, Andy, I was speaking to all the boys, and I really missed it, mate. You know. Whilst, yes, I was doing well at cricket, I'd have to say my main passion in sport was football at the time. And I just wanted to get back to play football. And I probably wasn't, yeah, so which meant I wasn't dedicated enough to the cricket at the time. Looking back now, I've probably got a few regrets. Um, I wouldn't be thinking differently, but I think a lot of people would say that. I just, all I wanted to do is get back and get on the football pitch. That's what well, I Well, really, regrets you can't have. I know, I know where you're coming from when you say maybe you've got a few regrets. I mean, if you push yourself up against uh, your brother with his international career, yes. But look what you've achieved at local level. You know, management, football, different clubs you've managed, which we'll touch on later. But in life, we all have those little regrets, don't we? But you push on. Absolutely. Yeah, and look, it's not regrets in terms of doing things differently. I mean, I always get compared to my brother, which for me is, is a bit ridiculous. My brother was always better than me. And I, you know, I, I admit that in cricket, he was more disciplined in anything he done, sport-wise, but Joe was always a better player than me. You know, Joe played in my age groups. You know, I played for Kent, but Joe played two years above himself and played in my age group as well because he was that good, you know. So, my main regrets are probably <coughs> wasn't disciplined with cricket enough, you know, and if I really focused, I may have had an outside chance of making it, but yeah, something we never know. But one thing's for sure that, you know, I've never, I've never on the same, never as good as my brother, put that way. I'm proud of what I've done, mate, in terms of mix of all and non-league stuff. Yeah, I've achieved a lot and I'm, I'm proud and pleased with that. And, and now I'm looking forward to watching my son hopefully do the same. Are you going to still play cricket this season yourself? Definitely. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I've, I've actually got quite into fitness again. And I don't miss the football, if I'm being honest. So I've really got my, got my head into the group now. You know, like I say. So, yeah, I'll, I've been playing, mate. And I've been feeling all right. My knee give me a little bit of trouble. But... I can manage the cricket with Manny. So, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, I've been playing. Obviously, captain over there and playing, and I'm really enjoying it. Are you keeping wicket again? No, I've kept once because the other lad can do it. And again, I struggled a bit the next day, but I got through it. Um, but just, just batting it mainly, I'm going to give Manny a bit of a rest. The keeping's probably a bit too much. If I want to play for a little bit longer, I'll probably better off not doing the wicket keeping. Yeah, because when you're in that crouch position for hours on end during a day, that must play on your knees. Yeah, it does. And I, I, funny enough, especially lately, enough, my knee's shot, to be honest. It, it probably it needs an operation now. And it's just out of time to have a knee replacement. Obviously, they're trying to hold off as long as they can because of my age. But yeah, I've got arthritis it all in the knee and it needs a replacing. But yeah, bending down all day long isn't going to do any favour. So I'll, I'll give that a wide berth, I think. All right. Just to give you a little bit of a encouragement along the knee replacement thing, uh, my wife, right at the start of lockdown, had a knee replacement. And uh, she's now walking better than she's walked for the last four or five years. And this is a woman that uh, five years ago cycled London to Paris. So she was fit. And then really? all of us, yeah, all <laughs> of a sudden, I mean, she's in her 50s now, but all of a sudden her, her, her knee stuck and she was rolling her hip where she was walking because she was favouring one knee over the other. And now, yeah. ironically, now, now she's had one done, she now needs the other one done. So, yeah, the recovery was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think how long was she in hospital for having it done? Uh, 48 hours. Really? In yeah. and out like that? In and out. On Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. Yeah, it's good stuff it was. I know that. 
Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure it'll be me at some point. Hopefully not just yet, but yeah, I should be able to have done at some point. And everybody was saying to her about pain. She said no. Pain management is brilliant. They give you, you know, they give you morphine to begin with because of, yeah. you know you're having your leg cut open, and then gradually they reduce it over a period of weeks. She's not taking any tablets or anything now. Nothing, nothing at all. And she's actually yeah. we've got an exercise bike in the in the lounge. She's using that. She, honestly, she. Just to put it in a nutshell, the very first week, she couldn't walk a hundred yards with two crutches, and then a week later, she was walking half a mile with just me, no crutches at all. Really, That's unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah, crawl. You know, not at a massive pace. She was just yeah, going yeah, slow, nice. but but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. Anyway, we're having a personal chat about our lives, <laughs> but but it all it all goes back to your knees and your legs and everything else, doesn't it? Eh? Anyway, let's let's um, start off with your very very first early um, early football. When when you very first started, like what seven eight nine? What how old were you? Yeah, young, around that age, I'd say seven eight maybe. There wasn't as many clubs when I was at that age. Like kids are starting at four and five now. You know, it's, it's yes. amazing. I was probably yeah, I was seven eight, maybe a little bit older, but I was playing for them as early as I can remember. Put it that way, you know, following my dad around when he was playing at Whitstable and Rising Sun on the Sunday. I was I was trailing behind him, just trying to kick the ball. So, yeah, as early as I can remember, I was, I was playing for Well, you talk, talk, talk about your dad, your mum and dad. Your mum's name's Jane, obviously, and mum's been a great supporter of all you boys um, throughout. Have you got a sister, by the way? Yeah, I've got, um, I've got two sisters. I've got um, Amy and Kerry. Kerry's the oldest. Amy's, well, how old are Amy? It's early 20s. Kerry's late 20s. Um, me, Joe, and Aaron Garvey. We had Aaron Garvey, so he's like a brother to me, really. He, yeah. We fostered him when he was four. Do you know Aaron? Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah Aaron, I when he was about four, maybe a bit younger, he's mid-twenties now. He's like a brother to me, always will be. So there's a, there's a few of us, mate. So there's five of you, effectively, in the family. Your mum and dad as well. They're brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. no, that's yeah, yeah. And of course, yeah. you've actually, you've actually um, almost ridden on the back of your dad's coattails because his local football and cricket involvement set the scene for you, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but that everything that's done really in terms of clubs he's played that and managed that. I think he was involved at Faberchim, wasn't he? he was manager at Faberchim for a little while. I, I haven't gone over there yet. You never know, still time. But um <laughs> yeah, he, he wherever he's been it, it, I've, I've tended to gone as well. Yeah, you have. Um actually talking of his dad, I'd like to get him on here because uh, he's got some tales to tell with all the uh, the old names that uh, he runs around with still. A few of them are still alive. <laughs> yeah, you have to put it on after the watershed load time. Depends <laughs> <on you're listening. laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I remember one, one night, Carol and I, it was a nice summer night we, when we used to live in Whitstable. We live in Herne Bay now. And we walked through the town, and Dad was in there with a crew, and they were in the Royal Naval Reserve. And I said, oh, let's I pop, yeah, I said, let's pop in. It was a Saturday night after, after a game. I don't know where he'd been. But he was, who was he with? Oh, um, Garrett, uh, not Gary. Um, who's he with? Steve Mumble. Yes, yeah. They were all there. Big Dave yeah. and all of them. And, and honestly, we stayed about five minutes. The, la- the language <laughs> was unbelievable. But they were having great fun. But it was harmless, yeah. you know. They were just having a good time, you know, talking about football yeah. and everything else, which is great. Right. So you started off in youth football like pretty early and you've obviously got a pathway to follow. Um, when was your first experience of, let's say, men's football, i.e. under-18s, under-16s, that sort of thing? Yeah, under-16s, under-18s was, um, like I said earlier, was, was under was under Peter Budge. I think he'd done both under-16s. He did? At 
yeah, at Whitstable. All my youth football was at Whitstable. Paul Gardner was was um, was the main manager for me growing up under 12, 13, 14, he was under 15. Yeah, Paul Gardner, um, his son Phil played in goal. Paul Gardner used to run up to around everywhere. And he was a great bloke, actually, Paul. Did you, do you remember Paul? I, I don't, actually. Uh, the name, it's oft, often the name. Where you see a face, you know the face. Yeah. And I might know him as Paul, but I did not necessarily know his surname. But, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was good. It was really good to me, actually, Paul. I, I've got a lot of a lot to thank him for. He used to run us around. He'd, he'd say, you've done all the age groups up five and six things, I think. And you had me there, Darren Budge playing, Josh Main, Rob Thomas, you know, them kind of lads. And Andy Martin, obviously. And great memories, mate, to be honest. And then and we went to under 16s, and that's when I think Peter took over, or Peter had that age group. And then again, players played, and it was just, yeah, fantastic. I love that part of my career, actually. It's under 18. I played with a lot of my mates at the time, and we was a good side as well. So, yeah, it was, um, I, I, you know, fond memories. Well, absolutely, because uh, I was obviously involved around around that time of the club, and I remember you all coming through as a, almost like as a group. And, uh, we, it's almost like at sometimes you see a group of players and you wish that you could just pick that group up and move them on four years, two or three years, however long, and put them into the the, the group that's there now because yeah. they all they bond so well, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, and I get that. Yeah, we had that really good spirit and, and good lads as well. And like I say, you just want to fast forward a few years and they're all playing the same senior side together because that's that's about. Um, because as you, as you grow up, things change. People have different qualities in life, so you know you lose you lose half the players and you lose what you had. So yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. It's a shame you can't do that. Yeah, that under eighteen is a strange age because um, you get that thing where there's two or three things that interrupt. Let's say interrupt. I, I mean this in the nicest way. Yeah. Girls, women. Yeah. That happens. Uh, yeah. College, uni. That happens. Mates. That's a big influence as well you know, yeah. mates outside football. So if you manage to swerve all those and you've still got the desire for the game, the group that you're with is a really strong group. And another big one you miss out there is drink, uh, uh, um, alcohol, but leaking. By the way, players go, you know, you start women and going out drinking and clubbing and all of a sudden some lads don't, their football isn't their priority anymore. So, they, you know, that's another thing that can really change players' path. And then golf and Wales as well. We get to you know get to eighteen. Other things can you can do other things. And like I say, some people lose their way. Luckily, most of mine, most of the people who was in around me didn't. And and sport was ingrained in them. And, and again, I say all the time to the agent, all my friends, all my friends have always been from sport. I've got a lot of good mates, and they're all from sport really. You know, it's just a great way to to meet people. And that's and that's the way I, you know what my boys and my daughter to be. Yeah, you can't beat that changing room bonding can you that there's nothing to replace that at all I mean I was a bit unfortunate I had uh, water on the knee before I was 18 I was playing for uh, Whitstable Old Boys we used to play down the wreck and uh, you know like you with your knee once well my knee was gone completely every time I played somebody only had to tackle me knock it and it would just go up like a balloon I had to stop but I had fond memories of that sort of side of it it just is a different I, I had, to, had to put it into words. It, no women around. Yeah. It's, it's it's just good fun, isn't it? That's what it's all about, Tony. For me, you know, we all want to play a good level of football, cricket, whatever it is, whatever sport you do, you want to play it to the highest level you can. Um, ultimately, you know, it isn't really about that. You know, there's a lot of footballers that play a lot lower than the Wyman or the Kent League, and they'll be doing exactly the same as we was all doing and, and what the pros are doing. They're, they're having a good crack at the dressing room, you know, they're, they're taking me, they're, they're having drinks together, and that is what it's all about. Yeah, whatever level you're playing, that's about enjoying it, competing, 
but you, you can't, you probably can't explain it, Chris. I mean, that's what I missed most, to be honest. Even as a manager, mate, I, I loved it, and I was, but I wasn't one of the lads because I was a manager. So you know, you have to you have to be a line. And yeah. I've, I, that's one thing I miss massively is being uh, being an idiot in the dressing room, playing up, and all the camaraderie you do. That's what it's all about. This this really touches on you when you talk about dedication and how you can change track a little bit during your life and everything else. I had a, a conversation with uh, Jimmy Pickard. Remember, remember Jimmy Pickard played midfield for us. Is that a name that you you know? No. Okay, right. He probably played whilst you were uh, in the under 16s or under 18s. He was a midfield okay. defender. He worked for the railways, and believe okay. it or not, he worked night. And he was yeah. quite a decent little player. And he had a conversation with me one day, <laughs> and he said to me, "Do you know what?" He said, "I think." If I was able to get the rest that the, prem, the the professionals get, the food that the professionals get, the sleep that the professionals get, and the training that the professionals get, I could play at a better level. But of course, he was working nights uh, on a Tuesday yeah. night when he was training. He would he would go train and then go straight to work. Crazy. Yeah, massive part of it again. Yeah, I mean, like I say, they get a lot of lads do that, mate. I've done the same. Joe Nilder at Home Bay does that still. Think they, he work, he plays his game of football on a Tuesday, and he's got to be he's got to be on the bus at ten, quarter past ten. He's rushing off to get to work, you know. Yeah. Working nights on a Friday night, getting up to play football. Yeah, it goes on. Everyone, a lot of people are doing it. It just shows the dedication and the love, I guess, they got for the sport. Like I say, if they wasn't yeah. if they was doing things differently, then maybe they could play higher. But. Never know. You never know. Well, that's it for uh, this week's chat to Sam Denley. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, tune in next week, at the same time, uh, when we'll be playing part two, and Sam will go into a lot more detail about his uh, management career and continue chatting about Whitstable Cricket Club and obviously Whitstable Town Football Club. Join your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. 